This athletic podcast is brought to you by Bet365, the world's favourite online betting company. By downloading the Bet365 app, you can access both pre-match and in-play markets, along with instant match updates for all games. The Bet365 Bet Builder also allows you to make personalised bets via the app, so you can bet on multiple scenarios and correct your own bet with unique odds right there in your hand. Bet365 is the world's favourite online betting company. The app can be downloaded from Google Play and the Apple App Store, over 18s only. Please gamble responsibly. And welcome to From the Rookery End. My name is John Mooney. And my name is Adam Leventhal. And this is our end of the week preview podcast. Uh, it's Thursday, Adam. Uh, and we are sat in what I like to call Studio 3. Yes. Otherwise known as My Car Outside Occupation Road. It's, it's a dazzling place on ma- uh, non-match day. Now, look, you weren't particularly keen on me <laughs> talking about where we were. And I said, well, no, look, this is, a, this is a nice place to be. If you're a Watford fan... You're sat looking up Occupation Road. We've got the stadium on our left-hand side. You've got the you've got the pub right at the end. This is a, a place to reflect and sit and think. Come on, we can do this. We can get out of relegation trouble. And uh, I think this is a this is a lovely position to be in. There's blue sky up above, a few sort of scudding clouds. It's it's. I'm looking forward to to talking to you today, John. <laughs> well, we are at the bottom of Occupation yeah. Road, which is, is for me, since I've been editing the uh, Hornet Heaven podcast, yes. it is where we would enter Hornet Heaven, according to uh, the stories that Ollie Wicken writes. But you, we're here because you've just left uh, the the media suite. Um, is that a magical place? No, well, less so. I, this we're in a we're in a more magical okay. place right now. But no, yeah, we had um, Nigel Pearson's press conference. He was sort of relaxed as always in a sort of a positive mindset. And the the sort of invariable question that you're going to have going into a game against Liverpool is, which I really hate, actually. I hate the phrase, but I understand that the sentiment is, oh, is, it, is this a free hit? Mm-hmm. Is this just a free hit? It is, but this is still a really, really important game. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it on this podcast we have to remember how close Watford were to actually ending Liverpool's unbeaten run back in Anfield. If things had been different, um, we wouldn't be talking about Liverpool coming here once again and and trying to um, be broken down for the first time. We were really, really close, and this, as it was then, this game is a is a is another starting point. It's a reset point for Watford, and um, even if the win doesn't come, the performance has to be tip top. To be competitive with Liverpool, but also to set the standards for the rest of the season. But how is he reflecting on where we are now after losing 3-0 away at Manchester United uh, and about to play Liverpool again? How is he sort of, where's his headspace at? I think he knows that this recent run has been, as he said in the, in the press conference, a sort of a dose of realism. Those were the words that he, he used. Um, and he's well aware of the fact that things haven't been going to plan of late. And the, the comparison, it's actually quite a good balance at the moment because that first game against Liverpool then led to five games where Watford were unbeaten. We've now had five games where we haven't won 
and now we're coming up against Liverpool once again. So these are two sort of bookends to really judge what Watford are capable of. So let's have a listen to uh, to what Nigel said exactly in that press conference. It's been a, I suppose, a dose of realism in the sense that we, well, I mean, look, I've, I've known right from day one it's not going to be straightforward. When, you, when we were in the position that we were in, I suppose in some ways there is... Uh, just an element of um, change can be change can be good. The players continue to work very very hard. We've had a, an extraordinary uh, run of games to get us back into contention, and we're still very much in contention. So, you know, I suppose my own view on it would be that I I understand and I realise that yeah, we do need to to start winning games again sooner rather than later to to continue with the progression. But we're, we're very much in uh, with a, a fighting chance of uh, retaining our Premier League status and that's, that's what it's all about. We've got to uh, make sure that our own performances are as good as we know that they can be. Um, last week we were a bit disappointed with ourselves uh, because you know, in a game which was not exactly full of quality, uh, we were pretty comfortable and, and probably we're guilty of making mistakes that, that we've not really made in, in other games. So, you know, a lesson for us that we go into this weekend's game with, uh, you know, an opportunity to, to put that right. So the other question we always need to ask, it's called Injury Corner. Oh. Um, where are we at with Injury Corner, which doesn't seem to be a very sickly place, too much. Everyone's on the mend, but how close is Nigel having a full, full squad? Close. It's not definitive. It's not clean cut, and there are. It's allowed. You know, we're allowed to have grey areas in football, but it's it's one of the the most irritating grey areas that we've had to endure for this whole season. I think being being Watford supporters, that a lot of players have been out for a long, long time, and and it's when they get so close to coming back that there just seems to be a little bit of a grey area as to whether they are fit to play or fit to run on grass or fit to be in contention so we're now at the stage with Jan Matt for example who we spoke about on the last podcast he's now been back training with the side but his next step it appears is not to play for the first team but to play for the under 23s there's a game uh, there's two games against uh, Cardiff and then Crystal Palace next week for the under 23s it's likely that he'll play against Crystal Palace and that will be the real testing ground for him. In terms of another right back, Kiko Femenia, who was potentially going to be available for the game against Manchester United. He wasn't available. He wasn't ready due to his hamstring injury uh, and the fact that he needs to be explosive in his movements and all that sort of stuff, which we went into uh, the last time around. It appears that he is now in contention for, for the game it's so confusing yeah. it's not you know it just needs a bit of clarity sometimes it, it, it's like with you know referees talking about var it would be great just that, do an interview with a referee afterwards just explain exactly what you were doing what you thought all that sort of stuff it would be great and i know it's not possible due to sort of client confidentiality and all this malarkey but it would be great to have one of the medical staff on just to say no 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 he's 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 one week away um, he's going to be uh, playing in this game and then if he's absolutely fine on that Friday, then he can definitely play. We never get that. We never get that clarity sometimes with, with um, injury situations. And I know that there's an extra element 
in terms of wanting to sort of keep hold of your information a little bit sometimes to be able to spring a surprise on an opposition to maybe change the dynamic prior to a game. But it's frustrating sometimes, especially when, when fans want you know information about when players are going to be back. But it appears Saar back should be able to start. Kiko in contention may well be able to be on the bench. Jan Matt still about a week away. And then there's a whole sort of host of other players that are lingering around. Yeah, because last week we did see Saar come back. We yeah. saw uh, Cleverly come back yeah. as well and yeah. start that, that process of not you know, being match fit, not necessarily muscular and uh, bone-wise fit. So it, it is a work in progress and we'll see exactly the choices he makes on Saturday. But what choices should he make? We'll talk about that in a minute, Adam. This afternoon, uh, just before I met Adam, I had a catch-up with James Pearce, who is the Athletics correspondent for Liverpool. Let's try and get some inside information from a man who is Liverpool 24-7 at least he probably feels that way uh, for the Athletic uh, to find out what is going on and where are Liverpool at are they in a positive place hmm I wonder we're the Orns you're the Orns come on you Orns I'd say it's it, it's it's it is very very high at the moment I think you know with this in, incredible run that they've been on um, I suppose the one kind of Bit of hope for Watford is is the fact that Liverpool haven't, you know, although although they've uh, they dug deep and you know and won again against West Ham on Monday night. They haven't been playing with the the same fluency as as we saw earlier on in the season. You know, they um they did look strangely vulnerable from from set pieces in that game against the Hammers, and uh, you know and had to had, had to really you know show their resilience to to grind out a win. It wasn't achieved in any great style um so uh, so yeah this despite this you know remarkable record breaking run they're on i'd say probably since that two week break you know they have been pretty disjointed the performances you know the a scrappy one they'll win at norwich then a, you know, a defeat over in atletico and then uh, that narrow win over west ham in my mind the the 2 nil defeat that watford had at anfield um could have actually been very, very different. I mean, Watford fluffed their lines and, and didn't take at least two very good chances. Um, and it was it was the one person, Mo Salah, that was the, the sort of the difference and him doing his thing. Um, do you think, though, there is any chinks in there? You know, in fact, this is bad run. What, is, what Can you put it down to anything or is it any one? No, do, do you know what? I think it's, I think it's a few factors. I think, I think it is the just get, getting back into the, the swing of it after, after that gap they had. Um, I mean, you're right. That game at Anfield was you know, probably as, as as kind of poor as Liverpool have played at Anfield all season. You know, Watford, Watford probably came away from that thinking they should have taken something from the game. They certainly had decent chances, and you know, I think Klopp said himself that Liverpool Liverpool rode their luck. You know, the game the game wasn't won until until Salah scored his second right at the death. So yeah, and I think you know the the other thing which certainly you know, was was pretty glaring against West Ham on Monday night was how much Liverpool missed Jordan Henderson in the in the centre of midfield. It, you know, that, that area didn't function anywhere near as well without him. He'll be he'll be missing again on Saturday. Um he's out for three weeks um at the moment with a hamstring problem. So um you know that that'll be interesting to see how Klopp goes about filling that void. He went with Naby Keita from the start against West Ham, but that didn't didn't particularly work and you know he had to bring him off and it was it was only really the introduction of Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain uh, just before the hour mark that, that really got Liverpool going that night. 
that's the worry is for what fans is actually the the depth of squad um, and the fact that it's, it must be so competitive to get into it. That means whatever happens, uh, we're going to be uh, even you know a, a, a second string Liverpool are going to be able to do something against any team uh, in the Premier League, not just not just Watford. But how how how's Klopp? Do you think going to start approaching? these Premier League games against little clubs like Watford and you've got Bournemouth coming up fairly soon. You've got Chelsea in between in the FA Cup fifth round. Do you, do you feel because maybe that loss at uh, Atletico that he's got to focus somewhere a little else and this gap that, that you have in the uh, in the Premier League is just, it's just not going to be be caught. Will he try and win the game early and then make subs or will he, will he just go with a, a lesser second choice team? No, I think I think he'll go absolutely flat out on Saturday. I think um, I think it's a different dynamic to you know when when they went to Norwich a couple of weeks ago, they had you know a really tricky game against Atletico just a few days later over in over in Madrid, and, and he did make a few changes, and you know he held back Fabino and he held back Sadio Mane, uh, who'd only just regained fitness for uh, for that contest. But I, I don't think that will that will be in his thoughts this time around because although Liverpool have got an FA Cup tie. At Chelsea on on Tuesday evening, I think I, I don't see Klopp's approach to the FA Cup changing too much. I think it'll be a much changed team down at Stamford Bridge, and I think um, you know despite Liverpool's massive advantage at the top of the Premier League, I think you know his his message is, is, has been consistent that that you know he, he wants them to go absolutely flat out in every single game, and I don't think I don't think that approach from him will change um, until the title is won. Of course, you know it's. Almost a formality now that you know they only need another twelve points from their last eleven games to to be mathematically certain. I think I think further down the line you'll you'll see him holding players back, especially if if Liverpool do get past Atletico in the second leg, and then they've got you know a Champions League quarter final and potentially a semi to prepare for. But yeah, in terms of this weekend, I don't. I think I I expect him to go strong. I think um, you know. Th- I think the team virtually picks itself, barring any uh, late injury mishaps. Because I think, you know, I'm, you know, the Oxlade Chamberlain has surely done enough to force his way in into that midfield with with his impact the other night. That's not what we wanted to hear as Watford fans. It wasn't, but we do, you know, we do want to know: is, is do you think there is a chink in the armor? Is is there a weakness that that we could exploit? Maybe something we should do. You know, Nigel Pearson, imagine yourself, Nigel Pearson. We're putting in charge of Watford. What what could you do to, to achieve something? Not not necessarily a win, but achieve something uh, against Liverpool. Well, I, th- I think what makes it awkward, and and the reason why so many teams have tried and failed this season, is the fact that Liverpool can win games in in so many different ways. I think, um, you know, the, I'd say probably you know one one key thing for for Watford to have any chance on Saturday is is to limit the the attacking effectiveness of the two fullbacks because. You know, anyone who watched that game against West Ham will, will know that you know if you if Trent Alexander Arnold is given you know the freedom of that of that those wide spaces to to maraud forward like he does and and whip in deliveries which are almost impossible to defend it's it's going to be a long afternoon I think you've got to try and ask questions of Liverpool's fullbacks yourself I think you know you've got to try and ensure that Alexander Arnold and Robertson are, are, are preoccupied defending as well I don't think it's it's realistic to just try and to try and contain them because they are they are so dangerous and I suppose the other one is is that midfield area without Henderson you know I did, like I said before I think without Liverpool missed his presence and his energy and his leadership the other night and Fabino who you know before his injury I don't think there was a better holding midfielder around but he hasn't been 
um, you know, back to his best since he, you know, he seems to be slowly getting back there after the um, after the, the bad injury he had. So, so I, you know, I think you know you'd say that that is an area where you need to try and put pressure on Liverpool and and try and try and force mistakes. But um, yeah, I think you know it's teams have, tr- have have tried taking the game to Liverpool this season. They've tried just sitting back and 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 defending. You know, the only the only team who have really done that with any great success for a long, long time with that with Atletico. But you know, it's there. You know, I don't think there's too many too many opponents who were able to you know, replicate what they did. I think I think Watford's best hope is to be positive, you know, similar to the way they played at Anfield, really, not not to be inhibited. You know, it is a game where no one expects Watford to take points. And, you know, they'll have some you know, reasonable, you know, happy memories of, you know, I remember being down at Vicarage Road for the 3-3. You know, I think that was very early on in the season, a few a few years back. And, of course, you know, Klopp suffered a very chastening defeat early on in his, in his uh, managerial reign at Vicarage Road. So... Yeah, I think I think being positive because I think if you if you just look to try and negate Liverpool's threats, then you know I think eventually they'll find a way past you. Maybe we need to pass this podcast on to Nigel Pearson. No, but he sort of said there is a way to get to Liverpool. The question is, what do we want to get from this game against Liverpool? I think there's three options for Nigel. Firstly, damage limitations. Yeah, and that comes from not losing 5 or 6 nil, which is what we've done quite frequently uh, against Liverpool. There's the ability to go out and do something that will build confidence, which the 2-0 the loss uh, away at Anfield definitely did. Yeah. Or there's a free hit aspect to it. Let's go for it. Let's see what happens. Do you feel... Which one do you think Nigel's going to go for? Now, actually, which one would you want? Not think... You know, you're not the manager, Adam. You're just a, a Watford fan, as you are. Which one would you want to see on Saturday? I think he has to be um, pragmatic in this sort of situation. But I think what I want and what Pearson wants and probably what the fans want and what the team want are probably one and the same, actually. I don't think there's much confusion on this. They have to play as they did at Anfield. And obviously, James has been talking about, you know, areas of weakness for Liverpool in terms of attacking the fullbacks. But that's also their strength. We have to counter that. We have to try and push them back as much as possible or get in behind them as much as possible in those areas. And that's what we did at Anfield. Gerard Delefeu had a lot of luck down the left-hand side. Ismail Assar was wonderful down the right-hand side and also joining in in the middle as well. He had that great opportunity when the ball popped up to him and he should have scored in front of the cop. Decore as well getting forward. They played as Nigel Pearson wanted them to play precisely there was only a, a couple of moments of of quality that undid us the, the late goal could have happened at any time I suppose but it was Salah on that quick break great finish all that sort of stuff if it had taken a deflection it would could have gone wide so it could have been totally different there wasn't much dividing the two teams and I think that's what he'll be impressing upon the the squad this week we got close last time around Let's try again in a different situation. You know, there's been games recently where Liverpool, obviously against West Ham, they were behind. Against Norwich, they only just got their their noses in front. So there are weaknesses, let's say, with, with Liverpool. Obviously, they've got sometimes a situation where they are just idling along like a car. 
not even moving and simply by putting the windscreen wipers on that's enough to actually you know to to do it they don't even need to be moving um and you know Watford just need to get into a situation whereby they're going toe-to-toe with them and they know that they're in a game if you remember the game at Anfield they were preparing to go out for the club world cup and it felt also with it with it being an early kickoff as well they weren't quite on it it was cold everyone was a little bit sort of more quiet because it's an early kickoff it's not exactly the same but it's a similar situation in terms of their eyes looking towards the game against Atletico Madrid the second leg so they might be thinking a little bit protectively in terms of their movements and not wanting to commit to challenges if they know their key players Klopp might be thinking the same thing in his selection so there is maybe similarities Obviously, like I said, going into a game against Manchester United, we're playing Manchester United. They will tear you to shreds if they get an opportunity. They were poor. Watford were poor. But they did just enough. It's the same thing with Liverpool. They will obviously tear us to shreds if we let them. But we have to push them back as much as possible. We have to go toe-to-toe with them. And and Nigel Pearson has his sort of his own thoughts in terms of what to do. And this is this is what he said. I think, first and foremost... Our approach this week is to try and get our own performance and our own application during the game as close to our maximum as possible. When we played them before Christmas um, up at Anfield, you know, it was a it was a really tough game. We we um, I think our own level of performance was good. Their quality shone through, and that that won them the game with you know with with a, an excellent first goal for sure. Um, we had our opportunities on the day and didn't take them. I think, look, it's, it's, uh, we've just got to try and make sure that we play as close to our maximum as we can. And if we do that, we can cause anybody problems. Then it's about whether the key moments in the game go your way or not. Uh, I think it's fair to say that they are an outstanding side. And, you know, to have won the amount of games that they've won this season is 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 really incredible um, so it's going to be however they play it's going to be a very difficult game um, but my only concern really at the moment is to make sure that we play as well as we can play uh, we'll need them to be not quite at the best I'm sure do not scratch your ears you're listening to from the rookery end This athletic podcast is brought to you in association with Stitch Fix, an online personal styling service that takes the hard work out of dressing well. To get started, go to stitchfix.co.uk forward slash athletic. Fill in the style quiz and tell us about your personal style, budget, size and shape and your clothing needs and wants. A personal stylist will then send you five items of clothing, each handpicked, especially for you from our selection of 100 brands, including established names and -and up-and-coming designers. Try on everything at home and style with other items in your wardrobe. You can then pay for what you love and send back the rest. From your stylist time, you pay a charge of just £10, which is deducted from the cost of anything you decide to buy. Remember, you try before you buy. Delivery and returns free both ways, and you don't need a subscription to sign up. Get started with Stitch Fixture today and support our podcast by going to stitchfix.co.uk forward slash athletic right now. That's S-T-I-T-C-H 
fix.fix.co.uk forward slash athletic. So, what are the choices? Is it risking Saar? Or is it sticking Welbeck on and flip De La Feo to the other side? Because it feels like, well, I don't know. The thing about the West Ham is almost like, I think they scored too early. Or they got their goal back. And it's like, oh, no, they're gonna, they made their sub. They got on it. I, I feel like, let's wait to the 87th minute, mm. then score your goal, and then all just stand on the line. Uh, is it about going out positive uh, from the beginning? Or is it about going being a little bit defensive with the option there, with De La Feu, to, to maybe have a bit of pace? What it really doesn't feel like to me is, yes, he might be able to slow the game down, which he often does, but Pereira seems to be the player not to be the one to start that game. Therefore, you just lead yourself to have Delafeu and Welbeck on that pitch. And actually, maybe then just that whole thing of swapping Dini and Welbeck over, Dini goes off and Zar comes on later in the game to, to push them where we can score a goal and then not worry for another 90 minutes or a long, long time without it. Are you any clearer with... The choices you would make? Um, I think I think f- first things first, I think Saar, unless there's been any setback this week, will start. So that will solve any issues on the right-hand side. So he'll come in for Pereira. I don't think he'll drop De La Feu because I think also in a, in a big game like this, he might have a bit of stardust surrounding him. Yeah, it's, a, it's sort of occasional stardust that likes to go away sort of on breaks. <laughs> windy days. Yeah, exactly. It seems to just sort of drift away sometimes. But, you know, you want someone like that that's capable of something against one of the, the best teams in the world to, to be on the pitch. I think, again, you'll have Dini up top um, and he'll be sort of charged with leading the side. I thought he was off yeah. um, against Manchester United. I was surprised that he wasn't winning as many headers. Um, which he is one of the best in the Premier League for in terms of aerial duels and the statistics. I'm from the Athletics, so we, we like to <laughs> dig deep on on aerial duels and things like that. But um, yeah, I, I thought he was a bit off. So I think he'll want to come back with a, with a big performance. Um, but I think it's the sort of it's almost like the first change, isn't it? The first change where if Watford want to alter their attacking prowess, where do they make that that change? And. Uh, I think it's I think it's a really big thing and, and Nigel Pearson spoke about this in, in the press conference. No one is is undroppable in that side. It it's something that he said. I don't necessarily think it's true. And let me explain what I mean. It's more that you can't imagine him dropping Saar or dropping Dini or dropping Delafeu. It's almost as if he's just made everyone aware of that fact if that makes sense so he's not dropping them he's just making changes and don't feel like i'm not loving you no i what i mean is uh, maybe i didn't make myself clear it's it's almost saying no one's undroppable it means make sure that if you're in that side even if you are one of the established stars you are performing stars in yeah. inverted commas um inverted commas if you are in that side you have to justify my backing of you and I think the majority of the time during Nigel Pearson's reign uh, that has been the case you couldn't have questioned some of the players let's let's talk about the, the sort of the undroppable people that would be unexpected if they were dropped Ben Foster he's done he's done what he needs to do Cathcart has done what he needs to do um, Decore and Capu have done what they needed to do. There was obviously that alteration with Hughes and, and Shalabar, so we'll, we'll leave that one aside. So that's sort of still up for grabs, but Hughes is number one. Delefeu, mm, has he done everything he can 
all of the time has he been top top dollar every opportunity initially yes now not all the time so maybe you put him into that little bracket of up your levels a bit because there might be other options and i think the same goes for dini and you know that might sound sacrilege to some fans but he will know it as well in a situation where we're going into the final 10 games of the season where we are going to have to win games and to win games as far as i know you have to score goals <laughs> so if there is going to be a better option for either of those two or even sar i don't think it's going to be sar he has to take those opportunities he has to be bold he has to be ruthless so i think that that's what he was getting at i might have sort of bit, it might be a bit convoluted what i'm saying but i think it's that sort of statement is a reminder to everyone whoever you are whether you're the sort of the talismanic captain or the magic man on the left hand side make sure you're justifying my selection because our standards cannot drop for the rest of the season and in particular against liverpool if we want to be competitive Thank you very much for listening to From the Rookery End, brought to you, of course, by The Athletic. Uh, thank you to Adam. You're very welcome. Good luck. Uh, and uh, we'll be back. <laughs> yeah, good luck, Watford. Uh, we're going to be back uh, after the game on Saturday uh, to talk about what went down here at Vicarage Road against Liverpool, the champions-elect. Um, I don't know if it feels like... I, n- I noticed today, Adam, that they've uh, released the Eurovision Song Contest entry for, oh. for England oh. or for Great Britain. Yeah. And that feels a little bit like you can put whatever you like into that. You're not going to win. I don't think we feel like that as as Watford. We could get something from this game. It might not be a lot, and I doubt it's a win, but we're not going to get Neil Poir. We're not going to get Neil Poir, hopefully, uh, away at home to to Liverpool on Saturday. Uh, Keep following us on social media, at Watford Podcast, on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. Uh, And, uh, yes, just enjoy the game. And come on, Watford! (laughs) 